How do you treat the Seattle skill position players in Week 16? Is Dalton Schultz a better start than Rob Gronkowski this weekend? And should you sit Dak Prescott in favor of Taysom Hill in Week 2 of the championship round? Plus, the 14th place regular season team owner in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship, John Trader, makes his return to the show to discuss why he's holding on to Tim Patrick, what to do with the Lions running backs this weekend, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your holiday Christmas edition of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Christmas and thank you as well as thank you to the quiet hollers remember to check out their music at quiethollers.com or anywhere you pay for your music greetings and salutations all you volcolics and for lex hey happy holidays merry christmas it is coming up at the end of this week and we right now are going to welcome you into the latest episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com i am of course your slightly above average host eric balkman my co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football Farrell Elliott, I, it's weird to do a show on a Wednesday, Farrell, but I obviously didn't want to do it on Christmas Eve, and we, we didn't want to take anybody away from Thursday Night Football with the Niners and the Titans oh. going tomorrow. So we are taking time away from everybody who's tuning in to watch Hard Knocks. You're going to have to DVR Hard Knocks and watch that great episode about the Colts uh, coming up later. We're so thankful that you're here, and I'm thankful for you, Farrell, for, for hopping aboard tonight. Two weeks left in the championship round. How are your teams looking, man? But, uh, you know, great. And, Balky, Merry Christmas to you and, and, and to all the listeners that play in the FFPC. And if you don't play in the FFPC, what are you waiting for? Uh, my teams, uh, just like everyone else, trying to hang on one more week, trying to get guys back to health. Um, in the main event, uh, Jeff Joaquin's managed uh, KFFSC Royal Family is is I think seventy first, which is at a high water nice. for this time of year for me. And sitting around uh, some some noted names, I see some uh, uh, Schroeder and Cruz. It's nice to be in that company, if only for a, another week. You know, um, Balky, I one of the things that I did this spring um, was playing in the one hundred and twenty five dollar. Uh, best ball, best ball slim hundred thousand dollar tournament. Do I have that right? Is that the correct yes. name of it? Yes. Yeah. And well, you know, 
Basketball tournament, yeah. I mean, that's I like the flowery adjectives. Like everything you do, Farrell, I like it when you insert the flowery adjectives. So yes, we're going to go with. There what were you adjectives it. in there. Well, I yeah. It was it's some of these new formats, at least new to me, and I think there was a new format to everyone this year. I could be wrong about that, but but be that as it may, the it, it really becomes a thrill. And, and I have a team that is that will be dismissed at the, at the end of this past week. I, I will not be participating any further. But I could see with this roster that I've put together that I could have a path to that $100,000. And, you know, when I drafted the teams, I didn't know what to feel about them. 18, you know, best ball, only 18 players. What do I think about this? I enjoyed watching the team. The team did well. I couldn't get in there and mess it up because it was best ball. So the situation was that <laughs> as the excitement at the end of the year, and I, I think that's what we're all going through when you have a success, especially somewhere where you were not expecting it. But uh, whoever wins that uh, is in for a thrilling time over the next two weeks. It's who, whoever wins any of our contests. You know, you won our in, in KFFSC, you won our new uh, contest last year either the run to daylight or checkered flag. I can't remember which one was you. But nevertheless, it is an exciting time, and people that are playing in that are as excited about it as they are our main event. But I would tell everyone to get into that uh, tournament uh, next year because, uh, for me, uh, that was our best $125 I've ever spent in uh, 2021 playing fantasy football. I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, whether you're playing FFPC, KFFSV, or, or any national tournament, the, the, the thing to, to remember is, look, you're probably not going to win it. The odds would say you're probably not going to win the life-changing money. There's a chance, sure, but you're probably not going to win it. Now, when you look back at this team and say, oh, if only this would have happened, if only this would happen, you've got to understand, there's a lot of other teams saying the same thing. Um, everybody who is still in competition at this point has a really good borderline great team, right? So there's no there's no shame right. in 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 tapping out in in week 15 or week 16 because you made it this far. And there's a lot of talented people who play in both those contests as well. So I think that's something to keep in mind is don't get too down on yourself if you do get that let down. I hope you don't get let down. I hope you continue crushing. I hope everybody continues crushing until the very end of week 17 when we're crowning champions in in both the FFPC and the KFFSC. Um, coming up. On tonight's show, we're going to wax poetic on Sony Michelle's Tuesday night performance this week and what it means for your teams going forward. We're also going to talk about whether A.J. Green needs to be started over Van Jefferson. And then the 14th place team owner in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship, John Trader, is going to spend the holiday show with us to talk Debo Samuel, the unheralded but maybe soon-to-be noteworthy Chiefs skill position guys, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Post any questions you all might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFFO, or I am at Eric Balkman. The KFFSC is at KFFSC.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFO is where to reach us. And please give us a call if you want to chime in and ask us a question. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is where to reach us. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. Our producer and mutual friend, uh, uh, um, Rob, and our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, will help uh, all get all those tweets and emails coming to us in the fantasy feedback segment uh, later on uh, in the show. Um, Jimmy Wagner, uh, Triple J, was on the, or he will be on the rotaviz.com, uh, rotaviz high stakes lowdown coming up tomorrow. I literally just recorded that within the hour with him, and it was a lot of fun. We got into a lot of stuff. 
He's 41st overall. He finished 41st overall in the main event this year, regular season, and he's trying to win that $500,000. Um, a lot of good stuff there. Check that out, rotaviz.com slash podcast. That is coming up uh, in the rotation, in the Rotoviz rotation tomorrow. Okay, let's get into it here, Farrell. Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network says that A.J. Brown is likely to play in Week 16 against the Niners. We bring this up because the Niners, as I said at the top of the show, Niners and Titans play tomorrow night, Thursday night. A.J. Brown has not played since Week 11. He had a chest injury, and then he was subsequently placed on IR. Now, during the three weeks he's been off, it's been really bad for the Titans uh, as far as the passing game goes. Ryan Tannehill has thrown for fewer than 200 yards every single game he's been out. In fact, in week 12, he couldn't even crack 100 passing yards. Julio Jones came back. Um, He aggravated his hamstring injury. So you've got to believe that A.J. Brown is going to be the guy in the passing attack uh, when they take on San Francisco. Now, you could see both these teams make this a very short game with the running game. Mm-hmm. However, the Niners secondary, not been all that great so far this season. So you'd like to think that A.J. Brown should, in theory, on paper, have a big week 16. But we don't play these games on paper. We don't award fantasy championships mm-hmm. on paper, Farrell. When it comes down to it, you got A.J. Brown in your team. Are you inserting that guy in right away? Or are you worried about... Maybe there's an injury, a re-aggravation, or maybe he just doesn't perform given how bad that Titans passing offense has been. I'm probably trying to overthink the question because I figure if you are in meaningful games with A.J. Brown on your roster, that means you have some very good receivers on that roster. So you'll have to look at putting that player in. But my my gut tells me that A.J. Brown is, is such a fantastic player and gives this team some options that they don't have. I always look side-eye. At the guy that say that says I drafted him because they have no one else, and that's one of the that's that's one of the worst reasonings in fantasy football that I ever hear. However, it, it applies to AJ Brown. Uh, we're in a situation where someone has to step up at Tennessee. He's the veteran to do it. There's some nice piece players around him uh, that can contribute. But yeah, if he's on the field. I think that's the move I'm going to make because I don't think a lot of teams in front of me have probably rostered A.J. Brown. So if I've got him and I'm playing in a meaningful contest, A.J. Brown could be the wild card I need. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that you just brought up, that final point, is like when you're playing in a championship round, be it in any kind of national competition, um, if, if you have that A.J. Brown wild card who has not played for anyone in like a month, to be able to be mm-hmm. in the spot you're in in the championship round, to bring him in where not a lot of people have him, I think that's your wild card, right? That's, that's, how, you, that's how you increase yep. your variance. That's how you get that, that big spike week is, is being able to deploy a guy like that. I think you have to throw caution in the wind. I know A.J. Brown gets mm-hmm. hurt a lot. The Titans know A.J. Brown. Everybody knows A.J. Brown gets hurt a lot, but I think that's the type of risk that you need to take, and I think that's a good risk to take. I have A.J. Brown probably on like three or four teams that, 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 that are still in contention for championships. I'm playing them all in, in all of them. And like you said, Farrell, don't overthink it because this is a guy that needs to be in there. All right, moving on to another big baller receiver, and that is D.K. Metcalf, who is in action Tuesday night against the Los Angeles Rams. He gets 12 targets this game. He only catches half of them. And he only turns that into 52 yards. This was with Tyler Lockett out as well. So obviously, when when Russell Wilson throws 31 times, you can expect um, DK Metcalf to get double-digit targets. He got 12. It's it just stinks that he only caught half of them. He caught a lot of Ramsey coverage uh, last night, and and there was a play 
late in the game where it looked like it was going to be six on a real deep throw down the left sideline. Yep. And Russell Wilson just let it hang too long. And, and it came back and allowed Jalen Ramsey to knock it down, almost pick it off. Um, I, I just look at it from the standpoint, and, and I guess I want to kind of wide scope this thing, Farrell, because quite frankly, I see Russell Wilson, I see Tyler Lockett, I see DK Metcalf. I expect big numbers there, you know, more often than not. Yet more often than not, the second half of the season, it just hasn't been there since Wilson came back from that mallet finger. What is going on in Seattle, and, and can you trust Metcalf or Lockett uh, the next couple of weeks? Proverbial squeaky wheel gets the grease, 31 attempts, 12 targets. So Metcalf's obviously going to get the ball, and that's the direction that they want to establish before this uh, forgettable season for the Seahawks uh, is, is put to bed. So I'm thinking that Metcalf uh, has turned the corner uh, in his productivity uh, some of those passes will find uh, a way to him. I think the center of the field against the Chicago Bears, whoever they have in the secondary, I think the center of the field is, is wide open. So uh, whoever is lining up for Seattle is likely to have some of the better receiving games they possibly can. Also, the offense seems to be struggling uh, to score in Chicago, but, they, but to put in any meaningful drives. There's a lot of three and outs there. And a player like Metcalf, uh, given more snaps in a game uh, like Seattle's likely to have here, uh, it's going to happen this time. You're going to see that long touchdown. You're going to see that athletic play. You're going to see us, uh, 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 one of the younger defenders get out of position. Metcalf catches the ball, runs again. So Metcalf's a big play this weekend, ball. Um, and I and I wonder too, and and this is more of a conversation that we'll have in the off season. But regardless of if Russell Wilson is back um, in Seattle next year, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think it matters because I think I'm going to have to give serious pause if I'm on the clock in drafts next year in Kentucky or wherever, um, and I'm thinking about Metcalf and I'm thinking about Lockett. I, I'm going to want to remember this time, right? You know that that that, that there are stretches that that just it, it gets bad, you know and. And um, I don't know. Next year's a long way off, but I'm already thinking about this. When have you, you, you probably think you start should. thinking about next year during the season, right? I've already started next year. We've got a uh, draft at, on Super Bowl weekend in a room uh, at the uh, at the casino waiting uh, for listeners to attend. So yes, we're going to be drafting, uh, which you'll be there, Balky, as, as, as I know. I'm, crossing my fingers when I say that. But, yes, <laughs> in, in talking about next year, um, I expect a great deal of adjustments. I was thinking about it in our first commentary about A.J. Brown. How far does he drop next year? People just cannot yeah. trust yep. him physically. We gave him the pass this year, put him in the late second round. Um, not next year. Uh, you know, and how do people handle their, their waiver wire money next year? That's – uh, a complete different strategy uh, for me because you know we had we had uh, Jeff and Ed uh, uh, the McCann brothers great players uh, and you know we were talking about um, uh, Reynolds uh, uh, the receiver uh, up at uh, up at Detroit and we said oh how terrible it would be if we really were and we really would be in a fix if we had to start that player and uh, you know he goes out and. Uh, uh, has a significant game better than most of the top receivers. Uh, you know, Balky, one of my teams that uh, that I put to bed this weekend um, tried to push 10 points through Claypool 
uh, Pittman and Jamar Chase. And so, you know, I felt really good about <laughs> filling out that lineup. But so I, the, I, I think what I'm trying to say here, I'll bring it all together and say this. In our current day NFL, I think every week is like a new season. Uh, yeah. And, and we have to let biases go, and we have to say, well, this player, we, you know, in week five, you can no longer make your decision about, well, this player is this to that team because he could be something completely different the next week, and you've got to keep an open mind about that. Truer words have never been spoken. The off-season coverage on the HSFF hour is going to be very interesting about which players are going to disappoint again and which players are going to bounce back. I think that's going to be fascinating, mm-hmm. especially when you get the drafting season where these players are going. By the way, the 2022 KFFSC Super Sunday Big Payback held live at 12 noon, high noon Eastern time on February 13th. That is the date of the professional football championship game. That's live at Southern Indiana, uh, right outside of Louisville. Eight spots still remaining in that. So sign up for that. Uh, $1,000 uh, uh, is your entry fee, and that, that will be a lot of fun for sure. Um, Farrell, I want to go ahead. And, no, I'm not, we're not going to do it. I think we're going to talk to our guest about the uh, Rams running back situation. So let's bring him okay. in right now and, and talk a little bit. Uh, with him uh, about that and much more. He's been playing fantasy football for more than two decades. High-stakes dynasty leagues for almost 10 years as well. He's won five high-stakes league titles in the Terminator, in the uh, FFPC Dynasty, and the Football Guys Players Championship. Finished the 2021 regular season of the Football Guys Players Championship in 14th place overall. He's here to share how he did it and how he's planning on making that plot um, up to the uh, leaderboard to win that $500,000 Please welcome back onto the program, Mr. John Schrader. John, thank you so much for spending your Wednesday night with us. And, and an early Merry Christmas to you, man. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays to you as well. It's interesting because, and in, in this, John, this is the time of year where, you know, I got all these podcasts and radio shows and, like, my normal jobs. And I just, I, I, I'm coming out of my ears with, with, with stuff. And mm-hmm. I actually, normally what I like to do is I like to have people who've never been on before, I like to have them on the HSFF Hour, and people who've been on the HSFF Hour before, I like to get them on the road of his high-stakes lowdown to, to kind of go in-depth with this. And I meant to invite you on the lowdown this week. I accidentally invited you back on this show, and you said, yeah, let's do it, man. I said, yeah, we'll do it. And so now we get you and we get to, to, to talk fantasy football with you on, on Wednesday night. Um, so this is awesome. I'm going to lead things off by congratulating you on your regular season finish. You slipped a little bit in, in, um, in the first week of the championship round, but spike weeks, man, it, this thing changes on a dime. How do you feel about this team right now going into week 16? Uh, well, you're right about spike weeks, and I unfortunately was spiking the wrong direction in week 15. I think I heard uh, Farrell talking earlier, combo. So I had uh, Jamar Chase and uh, Chase Claypool as well with Gronk. Uh, so those, folks, those, those three on the team did not help uh, too much in week 15. So a little bit of a sucker punch, and uh, I think you put it nicely for that team on how far I slipped. But uh, So it's going to take a couple spikes here to get me back. But, I mean, the roster was solid, obviously, to get through uh, 12 weeks and, and kind of be in the top 20 there for overall was pretty – pretty great but uh you know that's more of a participation trophy at this point now what well, and, and john, everybody let, has let, let, Farrell, let, yeah. let me just bring this up right away john had you have another okay. team in in the football guys players championship as well that actually started off slow came on white hot 
won its league with the, as, as the three seed and is now higher than this, this 14th place team in the championship round, right? Oh, that's true. And the roster, it, it's definitely not as sexy as the other team, right? So it kind of <laughs> shows how week-to-week the league can be, right? So you get yes. you know, the sexy team that was awesome during the regular season with Eckler and, and Jonathan Taylor, and, man, it just, it just rolled. And then, you know, I, I, with the other team, I roll in with guys like Devontae Freeman and, you know, it was a it was a it was a great finish for that team, but uh, struggled during the regular season. It's uh, you know, John, it, it it's so wild. Milwaukee um, asked me about my teams, and I noticed that in the football guys that I have the seventeenth consolation team. So I looked at the roster, and ah, hey. I have Cooper Cup. Oh well, wait a minute. I'm the only guy that couldn't get into the main tournament who had Cooper Cup, and, and, and you know that's and I'm I'm so I, I don't know it's 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 a shameful situation. The grand prize is three thousand dollars. Best team, worst team with Cup, is what that I think that means. You you have on your team two of my favorite draft picks from this year uh, at the tight end position. Uh, Gronkowski and, and Dalton Schultz, and, and we on the program have been big Dalton Schultz. At least I have, and Balky kind of nods his head with me a little bit on that. But, but I was big about Dalton Schultz. I thought there's no way that they're going to supplant him from his role in Dallas, and I think he continues to grow as a player. And Gronkowski, I believe, you know, everyone everyone passed on him. Um, not too far, but I, I think I was drafting him in the 12th and 13th round. My point is. What do you do with them now, and how tough of a decision going into this? We never would have thought that Tampa would be so depleted at the position. How do you make that choice? Schultz is part of a great passing attack and a great team. Gronkowski is the go-to guy this weekend. Or have you figured out a way to play them both? I I think there's a chance to get them both in, but I, I mean I think this weekend with uh, with you know Tampa's injuries, uh, particularly you know in the slot and losing Fournette across, I mean I think Gronk in the middle there is going to be a force this weekend. I think that's a that seems like a lock to me. It's mm-hmm. really hard to to take him out with those things particularly, and you know Schultz is it's funny I, I actually picked him up off of waivers because he was dropped at some point during the year so that was my big waivers my big fab spend in the middle of the year and and he had some gr- a great start and then uh, had a little bit of slowdown in the middle there and of course I benched him this week for for one of those one pointer guys that uh, Chase there mm. or Chase Claypool but uh, so that was a tough tough call on my part but uh, you know depending on where Eckler lands or you know he may bump uh, Chase one either Chase Claypool and I got Amari Cooper sitting there too kind of staring at me there but wow. I, and and by the way, John, no shame in benching Dalton Schultz. I, I mentioned I just talked to Jimmy Wagner. He's in the uh, FFPC main event championship round. He was in 41st place when it started. He also benched Dalton Schultz this week and has been kicking himself over it. It's just one of those things, man. Like, you, you know, you have a loaded roster. It, it, it is what it is. Um, okay, moving on here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Austin Eckler. Um, the latest that we have on him uh, came out uh, Wednesday afternoon today that uh, he has now been placed on, on the COVID list. There's still a chance, I think Brandon Staley said, there's still a chance that he could 
you know, test out of it and, and still be active for the game on Sunday. Dual tight ends for you here if, if, um, if Eckler can't go and, and you, you just keep uh, Schultz and Gronk in there. Um, who does the other – who comes in there then um, at the other flex uh, if Eckler is, is out this week, man? Yeah, the, and the lucky thing for me is, is all of my options um, actually start at the same time or after Eckler, so I don't have to make the decision early. So, uh, you know, between, between Schultz and Claypool and Amari Cooper and, man, I hate to say it, even Devontae Parker now at this point might be in the mix. Yeah. But I doubt I'd throw him in over the, those, that group, right? But, um, you know, I, 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 I might have to go. Amari Cooper has really been struggling, as has some of the Dallas offense along the way here. But they have so many options and mouths to feed there. I think it might be tough to throw him in. But, uh, yeah, so I think Schultz might make it regardless, and then, then I'm going to be having to, to flip to either Claypool or Cooper, I think. <laughs> Two guys that that you got among the receiver group that are polar opposites in 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 my review um, of of what I wanted to happen in fantasy football this year, and that is Deshaun Jackson, um, never a player that I've been a huge fan of, um, and I just when I when I've used him, he doesn't produce, and 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 when I don't, I occasionally see those long touchdowns, which he's famous for. And Tim Patrick, a player that I thought was overlooked in the draft, and now is a victim of everything that hasn't worked in the passing attack at Denver. And so I look at these guys and I say, you know what? I couldn't have. I I just couldn't have took it. I, I would have had. I would have had to let these guys go and try somebody else. You've you've stood there with them throughout the season. What was your thought process there? Do you like Jackson better uh, than I do, and do you agree with me on Patrick? But one thing I just can't agree with is is getting Patrick on the field with what's going on in Denver. Yeah, it's tough to get him on the field now. I'll tell you what, you know, life sometimes, unfortunately, still gets in the way of fantasy football, and I suspect I tried to get Patrick off the – off the roster a few times and, you know, wasn't successful in fab, but, you know, at, at some point when you go out there to, to, to look who's on waivers, you know, you're swapping one bench guy for another. And so I looking at Patrick and, and what he could fill in for me, um, you know, he ended up just sticking on the roster and then, and then D Jack, I mean, I, I picked him up, I think early December and he looked, you know, as soon as he got there after rugs was gone for the Raiders, I thought mm-hmm. maybe he could be, that downfield threat for them and just hasn't quite materialized. So um, he just, he's just uh, kind of a dead weight out there on the roster for sure right now. John Schrader, the 14th place team finisher in the uh, regular season of the 2021 football guys, players championship, couple of teams in the championship round as well joins us here on the HSFF hour this week. Um, you mentioned Devontae Parker earlier. I want to bring the conversation back to him. It looks like, you know, looking at your teams that, that you have in the FFPC this year, you kind of went heavy in on, on, on him uh, this year. What, at the time, you know, when you were drafting him, what did you like about Devontae Parker and his situation in Miami this year? And then uh, knowing that he gets the Saints at home on Monday Night Football, what do you think he does in Week 16 specifically? Yeah, Parker, he, he was a great, I thought, late-round target. I mean, I think I was picking him up, you know, in, in, in the 12th, 13th round in most of those drafts that I was grabbing him. And, right, so you're essentially benching a, a pretty solid, I think last year he had 60, 70 catches, and so he had some, 
you know, familiarity with, with Tua and others and uh, seemed like he could be that occasional fill-in when you needed him to hit the roster for a fairly treat, cheap uh, draft pick. You know, he had this great game last week, but, you know, Waddle, uh, you know, he wasn't there. So I think he'll be back. But, you know, that New Orleans run defense is pretty stiff. So I think they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. I think, you know, if you hope if, if you have to put them in the lineup, I think you're hoping for five or six for 50 or 60 yards, and you really just hope that touchdown comes through, right? I think that's probably what that projection would look like coming up on the against the Saints. John, thank you for that Christmas gift. As some overdue <laughs> respect for Louisville native and Ballard High School graduate Devontae Parker, son of Anthony Shellman, a great University of Louisville running back, I thank you so much for getting behind Devontae Parker because when you talk to people in Louisville about his fantasy football voice, they'll really give you a frown. So, I mean, I really appreciate you finally, you know, giving me a Christmas gift with that. I tell you another guy that deserves a Christmas shout-out, and we've written the lead for him, and I think it's very suitable, uh, Balky, that you would uh, share with us that lead, and that is one, Sony Michelle. And I have to tip my cap to my good friend Rob Fetcher who told me, Henderson stays on your bench, Farrell. Tony Michelle will be the lead guy for the Rams. You got some numbers that you want to review about that, Bucky? With uh, with Michelle versus um, uh, Henderson on uh, Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wrote up a lead about uh, the, the eighteen well, for ninety yeah. eighteen carries yeah. for ninety two yards. Yeah, he, and and he also got four point three yards in the passing game as well. Two catches for for twenty three yards. If you were wondering what to do if you happen to own Michelle and Henderson, there was a report from Jay Glazer before, obviously, the, the lineups locked that Michelle was going to, and maybe uh, Rob Fetcher was feeding Jay Glazer this information. I don't know. But he said that uh, Michelle was going to lead the Rams' backfield, even though Henderson was, was active for the game. Michelle had uh, 10 more touches than Henderson and um, uh, over 100 total yards, as, as, as Farrell just said. Big plays. Uh, he had a couple of them, and and you you look at um, um, going forward, Farrell. And this is the question, sort of for John: is is what do you do if you own both these guys, or if maybe if you just own Anderson, or maybe you just own Michelle? And, and I, mean, I, I I do. And John, I do. And that and Balky's right. Here's the question: if you watch that game closely, the numbers closely, I think they went with the hot hand, and Michelle delivered early on. They were both splitting carries. I think whichever guy broke the first and got into rhythm was going to stay on the field. Did you see it that way, or do you think the Rams have committed to Michelle as their guy? I tell you what, if I had them both on my roster, and luckily I don't have to make that decision, but it's the the dreaded, you know, running back by committee, right, for us fantasy guys. So, uh, I mean, Michelle has looked so good lately and has that momentum he unless you're stacked at running back I think it's going to be hard to sit him and Henderson's going to probably continue to be a risky play right so because if if Michelle continues to look good you know even if it's hot hand he has been the hot hand so he's going to continue to get you know two or three times the touches as, as Henderson that's a that's a tough I mean he only I think Henderson only had eight or ten touches it's hard to produce um, in a game for fantasy purposes with, with that limited touch Talking with John Schrader, the 14th place finisher in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship regular season. You are also a former champ of the FFPC 1250. I have five written here. I think it was number six Dynasty League. Um, 
so I want to ask you this question on Debo Samuel. This is a guy who has been crushing it the majority of the season. Um, obviously, when he's been healthy, he's been awesome. But a lot of this was sort of schemes, right? He's been, you know, Debo Samuel, the running back, sort of moonlighting as a receiver this year rather than, than the other way around. And my question here is, what do you do with him in the offseason? Because obviously the Niners probably want to get Trey Lance acclimated as their starting quarterback. So regardless of if he is the better choice at, at signal caller or not, there's going to be a, a chance that there's going to be something different there in, in, in San Francisco, right? And, and we don't always know how, how that's going to react for all the assets. Maybe Brandon Ayuk goes off next year with Lance. Uh, maybe, maybe Debo Samuel takes the back seat. The question here is, what do you do with him right now when trading opens up after the season is over? Is he a sell high, or is this a guy you want to keep on your team because better things are still in store? Well, I'll tell you what. His value is so high right now, it would take a lot for me to move him. That dual threat production that he's got going right now, I have, I have a hard time moving guys. That I mean, if you look at, I think, I haven't gone out and done a lot of studying, but I suspect uh, a lot of uh, dynasty projections have him top 12, top 15 receiver from a keeper dynasty perspective, and that demands a lot in return. And I don't know how many folks you'll find out there that are willing to, to, to deal it for the reasons that you stated, right? So you're probably in this conundrum of saying he's worth a ton right now, but you might not find a lot of takers. But if you did and you could, you know, get some really great depth, particularly if you were hurting in another position, then that's the way to do it, right? Maybe go get a great – if you're hurting at running, at running back, go go deal for one of those top running backs and, and maybe a lesser receiver and see what you can come up with. But uh, he's – Boy, he's especially the way that San Francisco likes to run a ball, and they're like a running back carousel back there. And so when those guys are hurt, Debo's filling in, as I think they might this week again with, uh, I think I saw Elijah Mitchell might be out. The head coach promised us 500 carries in the backfield during the preseason, and damn, he took his best receiver to do it. I think it's fantastic. He He stayed right on point. And, you know, it's just fantastic. I, you know, I don't know why I get the question with the virus updates. You know, I mean, I, I'm here on Virus Watch. I'm, uh, I'm also watching Army pummel uh, the Missouri Tigers in the second half here and a great <laughs> what looks like will be a comeback victory for the boys from West Point. But, you know, we're, we're sitting here with Kansas City. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey – uh, both on the COVID list. If they don't get off, do you look at the Chiefs? Do you look at the depth chart on this bench? Who do you play? Because I've always been curious of which one of these guys on this team were really talented players that could step up and take those roles and contribute offensively, and which were guys that were just kind of there and part of a powerful offense and might not even see the field in other lesser talented offenses. Do you, do you have a feel for the rest of that roster uh, at the receiver position beneath Kelsey and Hill? Uh, well, boy, I think your guess is going to be as good as mine this week. I mean, you got, you know, between Pringle and and Hardman, I think I, I got to be honest, I'd, be, I'd probably be looking at the backfield. And in, in, in season long, I think I'd have a hard time rolling out either of those receivers or, mm. or even the backup tight end at this point from uh, filling up the roster. You know, if you were, a, a, you know, 
dabbling in daily, I think those are some great upside plays. Um, but in season long, that's a lot of risk to take on, not knowing where that's going to go. John, um, and and that's the thing. It's just like you, you know, you you may not know the the the. Um, I'm just looking at the schedule here um, for Week 16. Uh, of the NFL um, to, to find out when I, I think the Chiefs play late, don't they? Aren't they a four o'clock game? Um, but we should know. I mean, what? Yeah, it's a, it's a four twenty-five game, but we should know, right? I mean, we should know if those guys early are coming off the COVID list. Even right. if it comes down to Sunday, right? Um, and so, but at that point, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you want to mess around like John said. You don't want to mess around with you know guys like. Um, you know, Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle and all mm. these, uh, these guys, McCole Hardman, um, when you're trying to play for uh, $500,000. Let's get to a couple of emails here for you, uh, John, that came in from listeners. We're going to start off in Norcross, Georgia, with Wes's email. Do I need to look at getting DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams in my lineups this week? Stay away from both or just roll with one? Nice work this season. That is Wes in Norcross, Georgia. Thank you for the email, Wes. Um, so, John, you look at this. Um, you're a Lions fan, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I lived there when they went 0 and 16, so I have a lot of nostalgia <laughs> related to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. so if it comes if it comes down to it, um, and and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if Swift is active, you play him. Um, if if Swift and Williams are active, I imagine you'd still play Swift. But how does Jamal Williams factor in on this if if they're both active? I, I tell you what, I, I I would have a hard time rolling out two running backs from the same team in Detroit Lions into my season-long leagues for sure this week. But you know, Swift, if he actually starts, I suspect they'll uh, they'll roll him hard and they'll they'll play him and he'll get his touches and and Williams will be that change of pace guy is my guess. But you know, it's uh, I'm a little surprised that they'll kind of throw Swift back out late in the season where they are, but uh, we'll see where they land. But I think Swiss obviously is, is the more talented back in my opinion and, and he'll get the touches if he's out there. And and Craig mm-hmm. Netflix Reynolds becomes a thing of the past then, right? Mm. It it's it's tough because the guy crushed it and now he's just rel- I mean he he clearly does not have the talent of, of Smith and uh Swift and Williams and he just kinda go to, goes to the back burner. He's probably droppable for the leagues that still have waivers open at this point it's unfortunate for him but hopefully he showed uh, enough to get a job next year for sure um let's go to will in chicago john he writes is nico collins worth anything more than a desperation start if Cooks is out this week so we found out today um earlier that brandon cooks was actually added to the um to the nfl's covid list by his team the houston texans the only other receiver that's really been showing much of anything this season down there besides cooks has been Nico Collins. Um, you look at uh, this game this coming week, I, John, in, in um, the, the Texans, would you be looking at playing Nico Collins if you had him on your – maybe you had Cooks and Collins. Um, but Collins, is he more than a desperation player or is he just that? Uh, to me, that's a desperation play. If you're in a spot where you have to throw that person in the lineup, you know, you're, you're hoping for that upside because you have two guys that have been – probably bench the, the whole year and you're, you're trying to figure out which one's going to score that week. And I don't know if against the chargers that uh, Nico gets it done, but uh, we'll, <laughs> I guess we'll see, but that's a, it's desperation at that, at that spot. 
Um, the nope that e- nope that email's uh, for somebody else. I apologize, Farrell. I'm fresh out of email, so it's one final question here for Mr. John Trader. I'm marking Nico Collins off my list of sleepers. Damn it, John! I thought you know. I, you know okay. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Well, then you're going to have to give me a sleeper, and you're going to have to give me a stud, but not one that you want to start. Give me the stud that is virus free, has not tested positive. You don't want him in your lineup, and then give me a sleeper if it's not Nico Collins deep into your bag of tricks, and uh, let's let's hear some uh, someone that just for this weekend you gotta get in the lineup. Maybe it's a Texans tight end, Brevin Jordan. I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll pick on the Cowboys a little bit here, but uh, you know Zeke, I feel like is he hasn't quite been his himself, but I. I won't land on him because he has been struggling, and I think that'll probably continue. But I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say C.D. Lamb struggles again this week. They got everybody healthy in the wide receiver realm, and they're going to be spreading that around. And we're going to be giving it to, the, to my, my roster spot, Dalton Schultz, all day, after, especially after seeing uh, how Dallas Goddard took it to the, to the football team yesterday or the day before. <clears throat> And then uh, flipping it on the other side, you know, some of these guys, I will say, aren't that deep anymore from a, from a sleeper perspective. But, man, I'm going to go back to my Detroit Lions. And, boy, St. Brown has been throwing mm-hmm. up 12, 12, 12, and 11 targets in his last three starts. And uh, yep. they're, they're down in Atlanta. I suspect he's going to continue to see the rock, and it's going to be a lot of production for him. And so he'll, he'll be out there. And, and, and while I'm sure that if – if people have pits on their roster, he's probably not a sleeper. Um, but, boy, he's due for a touchdown. And, and what better spot than against the Lions right at home? So, I think he's one probably so due far. for a, a – one, exactly. one so far this year. You know. uh, I think it was against the Jets, too, right? So, Jets and Lions, <laughs> yeah. he'll, get his, he'll get his touchdowns. Yep. When everybody um, drafted him at, in the third round, if you had held up your finger and said, he'll get one touchdown, you were, you know, Lord have uh, we listen, uh, John. W- one last question here um, regarding Amon Ross St. Brown. First of all, the dude's been phenomenal the last few weeks, and and we were talking with Jimmy Wagner on the on the road of his high stakes lowdown. Is this guy a must start here? And I think one of the factors that go into this is Jared Goff, right? Because he got placed on the COVID list um, on um, on uh, Monday afternoon, and uh, now we don't know. Like, he could still play against Atlanta, but if he doesn't, former Green Bay Packer Tim Boyle will get his second start of the season, and he was not so great um, in, uh, in, in uh, the loss to the Browns earlier, 15-23 to 23 for 77 yards and, and two picks. If he is the starting quarterback, does that change your mind about Amon Ross St. Brown, or is this dude just too hot to sit right now regardless of his quarterback? I, that's absolutely a sit for me. I think the, the, the rapport is with Goff. It's Goff's target. Yep. It's, uh, you know, he finally found that guy, and you know he's probably thrown more to him in the last than any than the, maybe the rest of the team. I haven't looked at his tosses, but uh, I, that's a Goff St. Brown connection. If that's if so, if Goff's not playing. I think he, it's hard to roll him out. <laughs> John Trader, the 14th place finisher in the 2021 Football Guys Players Championship. Two teams in contention in the championship round for that $500,000 grand prize, not to mention your dynasty teams, your best ball teams, everything you got going on with the FFPC. Uh, good luck in week 16, as well as week 17, man. 
thanks so much for carving out some time during a busy holiday week to to share your insight with us and and um and, and talk shop. We we certainly appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way, dude, and, and let's do this again soon. Maybe we'll do it on the road of his high stakes lowdown, which I originally intended for you uh, next <laughs> time, but I, I'm sure I'll screw it up again. In any event, John, always a pleasure to talk. Thank you both. Have a great have a great holiday season. We'll talk to you soon. Thank right you. Happy you, holidays John. to you as well, John. John Trader, ladies and gentlemen. The pride of uh, of Michigan, or uh, not anymore, but he used to be the pride of Michigan. Um, the uh, or I, did you say he still lived there? Okay, there you go. It doesn't even matter. All right. So yeah, good Lions insight, good insight on on the Chiefs situation, Farrell for sure, um, and and the Rams too. The Rams running backs and and you know he kind of um, I wouldn't say skirted the question, but like he's like, boy, I'm glad I don't own Henderson and Michelle because what do you do there now if you're Rob Fetcher? Um, and if you're Farrell Elliott, where you got Rob Fetcher in your ear, um, you're, mm-hmm. you're still playing Michelle if they're both active. Has Fetch told you anything about this coming week um, as far as what the Rams are going to be doing in Minnesota? Is he still a Michelle guy over Henderson? Yeah, I think he probably will be because he's never been a big Henderson guy. But he had the audacity to take one of his three daughters Christmas shopping today and not be available <laughs> for my phone call. So, you know, he's he's got some catch-up work to do. But, you know, that's, that's kind of where it is. It is where it is. And, and where it also is is uh, let's answer some emails here tonight sure. um, from uh, from some of the listeners who desperately need some help in Week 16. Week if you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFFHour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFFHour on Twitter. Speaking of those Rams, we're going to kick things off here on Fantasy Feedback out in La La Land. It is Lance in Los Angeles. Hello, guys. I've got a huge semifinal this week and in an FFPC 250 and can't get this wrong. Tyler Conklin or Noah Fant? Thank you. That is Lance in Los Angeles. Lance, thank you for the email and thank you for listening. Um, so Noah Fant uh, for the Broncos uh, is going to be um, on the road in Las Vegas uh, against Farrell's Raiders. Tyler Conklin this week is at home against Lance's Los Angeles Rams. So when it comes down to it, Farrell, if you can only play one of these guys in a premium format, I know it stinks. You'd like to play both. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Fant or Conklin for you? I like Fant better than I like any Denver Bronco receiver. But even against the defense that he'll be facing, I think I like Conklin as the starter. So I'm going to go go with Conklin because I think the team can score more. I think Conklin will be part of that. I think he benefits from all the great things that Jefferson does. And uh, there's just more quarterback talent. So, So Conklin's my guy in this kind of checks. I think the thing that's that's throwing me off here, um, and I think I'm going to side with with you. I think Fant has the higher upside, right? But yeah, well, he's playing the Raiders. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing the, the thing is that that has me hesitating is not necessarily the opponent, but the quarterback. Like we we, yeah. we know that Teddy Bridgewater is not playing this week, and you have Drew Locke in there, who could be great, but he's probably not going to be, and he quite frankly could nope. be really terrible. 
So, and you know, Kirk Cousins has been Kirk Cousins has been maybe one of the most underrated quarterbacks all season from a fantasy standpoint. And Tyler Conklin continues to catch targets from him. So, I think despite the matchup, I'm, I'm probably going to lean with you uh, in this one and go with Conklin. The total on that game in that Rams Vikings game uh, is at 49. You'd like to think that Jalen Ramsey will be taking away Justin Jefferson or, or doing as much as he can. Thielen, I think I saw, did not practice again today. So they're running out of bodies. And Tyler Conklin's healthy, he's willing, and he's able. So I, I think I'm going to go with, uh, with you on this one and say Conklin over Fant. Next email is from Dale in Denver. Hey, Balky and Farrell. He carried me throughout the season, but I'm starting to get a little nervous about Dak Prescott. Would you guys recommend I start Taysom Hill on Monday night against the Dolphins instead? That is Dale in Denver. Dale, thank you so much for the email. Thank you even more for listening. The um, experience will go up against the Washington football team this week, uh, Farrell. That game is um, that game is in Dallas, so Prescott is mm-hmm. at home. The other option, Taysom Hill, though, Monday night football, he's at home against the Dolphins. Now, I'll tell you this. I'll share this real quick story. I thought I was going to be going home in one of my dynasty semifinals um, because I had uh, Mike Evans and Taysom Hill going on Sunday night football. My saving grace, my opponent had Tom Brady against me in one of the worst pillow Mm. fights I've ever seen in fantasy football history. (laughs) I I skirt onto the semifinals because Taysom Hill and the injured Mike Evans led me, quote unquote, led me to a victory there over the Tom Brady team. So uh, I think he bounces back this week, Taysom Hill, against uh, a pretty good underrated Dolphins defense. Um, does he is, – is it good enough for me to, to start him over Dak Prescott? Man, I look at all those weapons there, and I know what we just heard from John Trader about what he thinks about CeeDee Lamb. He also talked about Amari Cooper struggling a lot lately. I don't know if I have it in me to start Taysom Hill over Dak Prescott. Farrell, can you convince me otherwise? I'm kind of on the fence on this one, but leaning towards Dak Prescott. Yeah, now you should lean all the way, fall off the fence, get into the Dak Prescott side of the uh, – you know, I'm just never going to be big enough Taysom Hill fan with the variety of ways that the, the Saints are compromised offensively without some of the star players, without a true target tight end, and with the fact that he is not comfortable in the pocket. It was pointed out by the announcers – in a previous game that I watched, that that offensive line does a pretty good job for him, but he gives up on the play. He gives up on the play, and he starts moving around and takes off running. He shouldn't do that. It looks good, especially if you just want to focus on the guy that has the ball. But receivers get frustrated in that situation. They're not, you know, they're out there working to get open. Everything's going as planned. And this guy takes off running the ball. He throws a beautiful ball. Sometimes he drops it right into the bucket. And it's a very impressive-looking thing. But at the end of the day, there's not enough of those kind of plays to justify playing him over a lot of front-line quarterbacks, especially not in front of Dak Prescott. Farrell, um, given all the money that New Orleans paid or is going to be paying Taysom Hill, it, I mean, is that your pick to be their starting quarterback week one of 2022? It's theirs, and I don't think they should. <laughs> uh, they didn't have to do that, and it's it's uh, it's a move that will have to be explained in the future, and it is a move that um, puts a team into some salary cap issues. Now, if he's successful with the money that he's paid, uh, he's he's a bargain 
at quarterback. But I think we've seen his best play. And it's not going to be good enough to win like the New Orleans Saints are used to winning. Moving on here to uh, Albuquerque. Patrick is uh, in Albuquerque, and he writes, I stumbled into an interesting flex situation this week. I lost Fournette, mm-hmm. so do I just play Ronald Jones? I also have Devin Singletary, too. Happy holidays to you both. That is Patrick in Albuquerque. Patrick, thank you. The same to you and yours. The uh, situation in Buffalo kind of resolved itself a little bit. Matt Breida not doing much. Zach Moss, another healthy and active. It, it is a Devin Singletary show there, Farrell. Um, but I don't think, even knowing that, I can't in good conscience play Singletary over Ronald Jones this week. You lose Fournette, and you have this is the situation facing you, Jones or Singletary. It's Jones, and I'm not going to think too hard about it. I think he's in for a pretty good week. That's the easy choice. That's why you took Ronald Jones in the ninth or tenth round, and you hung on to him all this time. This is your moment. This is your reward for hanging on to him. Ronald Jones came in when Fournette unfortunately had to leave last weekend, and he was a bright spot for this offense that didn't have any bright spots. Your Singletary Magic was last weekend. You'll have a solid game. It will just be a solid game. It's against the New England Patriots, and against that defense, there's not a lot of running backs I like. Ronald Jones is your man. Ronald Jones is a guy that that has shown that, that, you know, he can catch the ball. I know Bruce Arians was part of the reason that Bruce Arians said the Buccaneers signed – uh, Giovanni Bernard was because Fournette and, and Jones couldn't catch the ball. They're going to get the option. Or he's going to get a, a lot of mm-hmm. options this week to catch the ball. Um, he could get have like a five, six, maybe even a seven catch performance, especially if Mike Evans is out this week too. We know there's no Godwin, right? Um, so I, they could right. be hurting a little bit in the skill position area. They might lean more on Jones than a lot of people would think. So I'm definitely playing Jones over Singletary. All right, final email, Terry in St. Paul. I've been racking my brain about this ever since that Ram Seahawks game went final. AJ Green or Van Jefferson in week 16. Terry and St. Paul, we appreciate you listening. All right. So you look at this, Farrell, um, the way this breaks down. AJ Green and his Arizona Cardinals are playing Saturday night at home against those pesky Indianapolis Colts, uh, which I'll be watching hard knocks right after the show ends tonight to see what happened there. Um, So he hosts the Colts. On Saturday night, Van Jefferson will uh, end up playing the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. So Terry would probably have an inside track on what he thinks the Vikings defense is going to do to Van Jefferson. I think this was the week since the Rams signed Jefferson, uh, beg your pardon, Odell Beckham, that uh, neither Beckham nor Jefferson scored. Um, they both uh, got in the end zone every single game up until this week. So I, I, I look at this, Farrell, I'm, I'm not really sure what to think because Normally, I would say it's Van Jefferson, right? Because, and we had a question last week, um, and I said, you know, regarding A.J. Green, and I said, you know, this is a young man's game. I, I can't really trust a guy uh, like, like A.J. Green to, to keep putting up big-time performances like he did two weeks ago. And, and I think I'm kind of leaning that way again, even though Van Jefferson is sort of the, the number three receiver in that offense. Matthew Stafford's looking to him. Uh, no DeAndre Hopkins for, for Kyler Murray but I still think I'm leaning towards Van Jefferson here over A.J. Green. This is a great way to ruin your Christmas Day weekend. You know, this is a, this is a, a situation where both these players could turn into a disappointment for you. I think Green's a bigger disappointment than Jefferson, and I know it's tough. He's a third receiver on a team that, that really wants to run the ball. So, it, 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 and, you know, 
Uh, even uh, Skoranek uh, coming off the bench is a big target in the red zone, and some of those slants across the middle that Jefferson was getting early, he's not getting now. Um, this is not uh, as good a decision as you thought it was when you drafted or, or picked up either player off waivers. I, I'm a big Jefferson guy. I've stayed with him all year. It's a week-to-week situation, and it's too difficult to predict. It's like playing roulette. But it, between these two players, I'll continue to, to bet on Jefferson. I think I would um... – I mean, I think I would play all three Rams receivers. I mean, obviously Cup, but I think I'd play all three Rams receivers over A.J. Green this week against the Colts. Nobody wants to mess with the Colts right now, Farrell. We saw what they did Saturday night, getting up 20 to nothing uh, against the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick giving – Bill Belichick feeling so awful about his press conference on Saturday night, he felt the need to apologize to the New England press mm. on Monday for being so – curse and curse in his, in his reply so you know that they're they're um they're a team to be messed uh, not to be messed with right now and uh they're going to be messing with the arizona cardinals on saturday night so i will not be messing with aj green in my starting lineups uh farrell listen so so awesome of you to to, to uh, rearrange your schedule to to come on and, and host the show with me uh tonight i certainly appreciate it your ffpc teams are doing very well from the sounds of it and i hope um i hope they continue down that path and have a great week 16 we'll obviously check out the uh the big payback league held at caesars southern indiana on the day of the big game thousand dollar entry there eight spots open make sure you're hopping aboard at kffsc.com there and um enjoying the great party um out at caesars southern indiana for the big game that is going to be a lot of fun and um happy holidays merry christmas man it's 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 always a pleasure to do this show with you my best to you and yours same to you, Balky, and I'll look forward to seeing you on uh, the Super Bowl weekend. But, uh, yes, sir. You know, this is the greatest holiday of the year, and I'll be thinking about you and your uh, wonderful family as we sit and watch a little more football this Sunday. You got it. Can't wait. Good luck this weekend, dude. We'll talk to you later. See you. Beryl Elliott, the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Yeah, I remember that big game party going on at Caesars Southern Indiana um, coming up here um, uh, in, uh, in February. Um, you don't have to wait as long to, um, to get into the postseason action. I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, but remember, both the FFPC Playoff Challenge and the Football Guys Playoff Challenge live at myffpc.com. Football Guys, only 35 bucks to enter, $100,000 grand prize. That's a half-million-dollar prize pool. Um, the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge, Back again this year, $500,000 grand prize. Yeah, that's right. The FFPC awarding a third $500,000 grand prize this year in a $1.3 million prize pool. 200 bucks to enter. That one is capped at 7,250 teams. This year in both contests, it is, it's got a higher prize pool than last year. It's paying down more places than it did last year for both those contests. So make sure you're checking that out at myffpc.com. Uh, rosters lock at the first wild card game kickoff, which is at 4.35 p.m. on Saturday, January 15th. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on a uh, extra special Wednesday night holiday show. I want to thank John Schrader. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Remember, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with Jimmy Wagner. That should be up sometime, rotoviz.com slash podcast, um, sometime tomorrow, uh, which is Thursday, Uh, or Friday at the latest, and you can hear that interview we had with him. Um, 
and uh, uh, really appreciated that uh, time I got to spend with Jimmy. Anytime I get a chance to talk high-stakes fantasy football, I, I absolutely love it. Another guy I always like talking fantasy football with is celebrating a birthday today. It is Craig Mastro, a former guest of this show. Happy birthday, Craigo. Certainly appreciate uh, um, uh, everything that you have brought to the table on this show over the years. We will be back, ladies and gentlemen, next Thursday, not next Friday. We're going to be back next Thursday. It's heavy hitter season. 10-9 Central is the place. 2021 Football Guys Player Championship Week 15 leader. Yeah, that's right. The overall leader for 500 grand was just two weeks ago. It's Bobby Hitota. He will be on the show next Thursday at 10-9 Central. Uh, register for the playoff challenge at myffpc.com. Uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy friends. Enjoy family. Enjoy football this coming weekend. Your holiday weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by myffpc.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I know we didn't touch it, uh, on it too much on the show tonight, and, and I, that's by design. I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about coronavirus as, as much as anybody. Um, I do know it's affecting fantasy lineups. I do know it's affecting fantasy rosters and fantasy implications and, and whatsoever. Um, and, and I won't say too much about it other than um, just remember that everybody's dealing with it um, from a health standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Um, I still enjoy the challenge every week. The COVID-19 list is, is just another challenge that's thrown at us, and, and you just got to find your best way around it. I know it's not fair. I know we didn't sign up for this. I know, you know, um, this is not what anybody expected. But we knew the risks, and, and, and it's, it's all part of the journey, right? So um, enjoy it the best you can. Be prepared as best you can. Um, the ball is going to go wherever it's going to go. And, and we'll see what happens. It's a long, what does Joe Bryan from football guys say? It's a long, oblong-shaped football that bounces weird directions. It's why we love it, the unpredictability of it. And um, it's why we play fantasy football. Enjoy your games this weekend. Hopefully the ball bounces your way. We'll talk to you next Thursday at 10-9 Central with Bobby Hitota, who's leading the Football Guys Players Championship. Merry Christmas, everybody.